0: Hold your Bible up tonight. Say it out loud. This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can have what it says I can have. Tonight, I will be taught the Word of God. I will apply it to my life. And it will change my life. And I will never, 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 never never be the same in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, let's go to James chapter 1. I want to continue uh, some more on this, the power in the Word. And uh, there are a number of things that we, I I don't feel like we uh, uh, stayed with long enough this morning, and uh, James chapter 1, and uh, we made the statement, the single most important thing in the life of a believer is... Simply the Word of God. That's the single most important thing. In your life as a believer, you have to be thoroughly Word-based. Thoroughly Word-based. You remember Brother Hagin said he said that he was spending some time seeking the Lord. And he said, I was, I was concerned because we weren't seeing the signs that I wanted to see in, in the church, in the ministry. And he said, I went to the Lord about it. And the Lord said, "Well, signs follow the preaching of the word." He said, "If you're preaching the word, signs follow it." And Brother Hagin, you know, he said, uh, "He said, well, Lord, you know, you kind of hit me a low blow." He said, uh, "You know, I'm a stickler for the word. I mean, that's that's what I preach—the word." And he said, "The Lord said, well, check up on it." And he said, "So I did. I checked up on on the what I was preaching." And he said, "I was found. I found I was preaching sixty percent word." tradition and 10% unbelief. Amen. And he said, I had to change that. Amen. And I had to be thoroughly word-based. Thoroughly word-based. I've talked to people before and showed them what the word said, and here's what they would say. Well, but this is what I believe. But I just showed you what the word said. Is that right? So if you see what the word says, what happens to what you believe? Goes out the window. Because I believe this. Right? You you just said it. You said this was your Bible. And you are what it says you are. You can be what it says you can be. You can have what it's right? All of those things because this is the truth of the Word of God. Amen. So everything's got to be thoroughly word-based. Oh, hallelujah. Because there are many things that believers will state are most important, and, 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 and they'll name different things. They'll, prayer, uh, fasting, Uh, having hands laid on you, praise and worship, whatever it may be. And, 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 And all of those things are vital to the Christian life. Prayer is the lungs of the Christian life. I mean, you've got to pray. You've got to communicate with God. But here's the thing. Prayer will not renew your mind. Having hands laid on you will not renew your mind. Fasting won't renew your mind. There's only one thing that will renew your mind, and that's the Word of God. And if I'm going to come to understand the power of the word, I've got to renew my mind where the word is concerned. Amen. So James 1 and verse 21, notice it says, Wherefore, lay apart all filthiness. I don't know if I take a shower or whatever, but I... (laughs) No, that's not what it means, but lay it apart. Separate yourself from all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness and received with meekness, one translation says, in a humble heart, the engrafted word which is able to save your soul. Now, your soul, of course, is your mind, your will, your emotions. Pastor Michelle calls it your thinker, your chooser, your feeler, all right? And notice he says that your soul has to be saved. Your soul has to be saved. Well, it's not talk- when, we, when we talk about the soul, very often we, we misapply that because people will say, well, you know, five souls were saved tonight. Well, I know what they mean, but that's not what happened. All right? Their souls were not, your soul was not saved when you were born again. Why? Answer me why. Right? Because here's, here's, here's why. Your, your soul is your mind, your will, your emotions. Those things have to be brought under the power of what? The Word. The Word has to be the governance. Only the Word has the power to, to adequately govern your life. The Bible says the Word is the discerner of the thoughts and the intents. The Bible says the Word is the judge. You judge everything by what? The Word. What does the Word say? Is that right? So listen, so when you're dealing with a physical challenge in your body and you say you are healed, why are you saying you're healed? Because the Word says you're healed. Now now listen, that's where the power is, is in what the Word says. Amen. And so when I say I'm healed, I'm speaking truth because that's what the word is. So therein is the answer. Where is the lie then? Now understand, don't misunderstand what I'm saying here. If you go to the doctor and you get a bad report, you can't deny that you got a bad report. What can I deny that that is truth? So if there's truth, there has to be a lie. So if the word is truth and the word says you're healed, what is the lie? That I'm sick. Amen. So only the truth has the power to overcome the lie. But notice he said, I've got to have my soul saved. Receive with meekness the engrafted word that's able to save your soul. The engrafted word, the, the inborn, implanted word that's implanted by nature or implanted by another. And so every time you come to church, the engrafted word is the the the, the word of God is being implanted in your heart and in your spirit, and it has the power to change your circumstance. Amen. Amen. And so he says there's things that we have to lay aside. Listen. Nothing that you lay aside will renew your mind. You can quit smoking, drinking, chewing, cussing. You can quit doing all that. There are people that do that all the time, and they, don't, they do it without the word. Amen. But their mind's not renewed. Right. Amen. Their mind's not renewed. Amen. Amen. So when the, when the mind is renewed, it's not only this idea... That that's bad for me and I don't need to do it. It's the idea is this the new creature has no need of that. Amen. Only the Word can do that. Only the Word can do that. The, the, word is, the Word is not a process, it's not a system, all right? It's the power of God. That's what Romans says. It says, The gospel is the power of God unto salvation. To the level that you work the word determines the level of advancement in your life. That's the reality of it. If if, if, the word gets, if the word gets a little bit of input in my life, I change a little bit. If the word is the input in my life, my whole life changes. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. There are people you know and I know, they can tell you everything that's going on in the world right now. They know everything that's going on in the news. They know, every, they know everything about it. They, they watch it all the time. And, and they come to church. The Lord said this to me. He said, he said, you cannot expect to think on what the world thinks on and then expect not to think like the world thinks. And he said, you can't expect to think like the world thinks and then expect to not act like the world acts. That's not just sinful, that's fearful, that's concern, that's overcome with worry and overcome with care. Why is that? Because they're listening to the same thing that the world is listening to, and that has no power to do anything but to bring you under bondage. The Word of God has the power to set you at liberty no matter what circumstance you're dealing with. That's the power in the Word. That's the power in the Word. Hallelujah. So there are things that must be laid aside, but then you have to receive the Word. So there are things I've got to quit, but then I have to receive the Word. I've watched people be miraculously delivered, miraculously delivered, and they wouldn't stay on the Word. And and I'm not saying a few, some of them, 100% of them went back. The world calls it a relapse. It wasn't a relapse. They, they, they didn't stay with the Word, so the Word could restore them. Wow. Amen. So the Word could renew their mind. Amen. Amen. Hands can be laid on you. Listen, hands can be laid on you for healing. And you can receive your healing through a gift of the Spirit. But if you don't go get on the Word, you'll lose your healing. This is important because this is this is how you escape a roller coaster life. You stay on the word. The word keeps you steady. Hallelujah. I remember I remember when, when Pastor Ron came back from California. He had, had been there on that, that his stint in the Marine Corps. And when he came back from California, I remember one day he uh, uh, picked me up and he was taking me to the airport or picked me up from the airport, one of the two. But he made the statement about coming back to the church and me preaching a message that he had heard me preach 25 years ago. And he had, you know, he, he has, anybody, anybody else got the always save tapes? Yeah? He's got the always save tapes. That was always save yellow we had on our tapes. Amen. And he said, when I came back to church, you were preaching this tape. Same word. Amen. No need to change what works. You you just got to stay with it. What I have to do is understand this. If I'm hearing something I've heard before, there's something I haven't heard that I need to hear, and I I just got to open my spirit up to it. There are people that, that should be delivered and living right and going on for God right now tonight and they're somewhere they shouldn't be because they didn't stay with the word. Amen. You gotta stay with the word. I said, you gotta stay with the word. Amen. Amen. Do you see that? I remember there, there's a minister. Am I helping y'all with this? There's a minister, well known minister, used to be a really well known minister, and he's kind of fallen into some disgrace. And uh, he ended up recently. He was charged with a DUI in, in uh, California, driving under uh, uh, double the legal limit. I remember he was, he was a pastor in, a, in, a, in another country, and he was the overseer over the assembly of God, and I remember hearing them say that that group of ministers had voted, him being the overseer, that it was okay for their ministers to drink in moderation. As long as they didn't get drunk. I remember the Lord spoke this to me. He said, they just want to drink. They just want to drink. You understand? But, but I read in the Word where it says a minister doesn't need to be involved in wine. Is that Right? Well, a little wine's not a little wine's not bad for you. You need to renew your mind. Let me come over here. They're amen and over here today. They were amening over there this morning. I don't know. I'm talking about wine. I don't know, maybe some Chardonnay or Bernon or something. I don't know. I I, I don't, I don't I, Amen. Ha ha. But, 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 but think about that. Think about that. Re- renewing the mind. When, when the mind is renewed by the power of God, that's why Paul said in the book of Ephesians, he said, do not be drunk with wine wherein is excess or dissipation. In other words, that feeling dissipates, but be being filled with the Spirit, Right? Amen. So, so when, you're, when you're renewing your mind by the power of the Word, you're constantly filled with the Spirit to overflow, and there's no need for any of that other. Now, I'm just using that as an example. I told a man one time, he called me and told me some things that he was going back to and, and, and how this going back to this substance was going to help him. And I said, let me ask you a question. I said, how can something that you said destroyed your life in the first place now help you? Right. Amen. You see how the mind, you see what he was meditating on? Not the word. So what do I have to, I got to lay some things aside. Then I got to get on the word. Because when you lay something aside, what does it do? It leaves an empty spot. Now, what do you got to do? Fill the empty spot. What do you got to fill it with? The Word of God. The Word of God. And you'll hear people say, you'll hear preachers preach. Oh, that's, that's hard to get people free from. Oh, that right there, that's hard to get people free from. Nope. No, it's not. No, it is not. Not if they'll get on the Word. Not if they'll get on the Word. That's why I read the Scripture to you today. You don't have to go there. But Jeremiah 23, 29, where he said, Is not my Word like a fire that consumes all... And then he said, and like a hammer, and the Amplified Bible says, that breaks into pieces the rock of most stubborn resistance. Is that right? Is that right? So, so if it's stubborn, will the rock, will the word break it? And it'll do what? It'll break it in pieces. Glory to God. Do, do you understand that? Whatever the believer is dealing with, will fail under the pressure of the Word. Amen. If you're dealing with it, it will fail under the pressure of the Word. Amen. But I got to apply the Word pressure. The Word's got to be going in my eyes, in my ears, coming out of my mouth, because that's what's... Break- Amen. That's what's, that's what's applying the pressure. Amen. Just increase the pressure. The The power is inherent in the Word. The Bible says no Word of God is void of power. None. No Word of God. All right? The power is inherent in the Word. When I speak the Word, I'm speaking the Word and the power. When you speak the Word, the power comes with it. That's why I've told people over the years, you can take the word and attack something, and it may look like nothing changed, but the integrity of that circumstance was compromised. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, if you've ever broke up rocks, number one is work. And number two, depending on the size of the rock, Sometimes you can hit a big enough rock, and it doesn't look like you did anything. But here's what happened. If you took that 16-pound sledgehammer and swung it against that rock, something was compromised in that rock. And you might have to hit it two or three more times, but it will crack, and it will break, and it will go into pieces because it cannot uphold under the weight of the Word of God. Just can't. It must change because the power of the word is at work. Woo, glory. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. Why do you think the Bible over and over again throughout the Old Testament prophesied time and time and time and time and time and time and time again about Jesus being raised from the dead? Have you ever thought that the first thing that was said about the resurrection of Jesus, the first thing that God put into place was the power of the word? Because the Holy Spirit has to have an avenue to work through. Amen. When you heard the gospel and you were convicted, people say, well, the Holy Spirit convicted me. The Word convicted you. The Word you heard convicted you, whatever it was. And then what did that do? That gave the Holy Spirit an avenue into your life to change your life. But what changed your life? The Word. The Word changed my life. Right? Because the Bible says in Romans 10, remember what it says? It says if you'll believe in your heart, what do you got to believe in your heart? The Word. The Word. And confess with your mouth, what? That Jesus is Lord. What will happen? You'll be saved. Do you know everybody in here was saved just that way? Uh, Have you ever thought about that? That when you believed the Word, whatever you were, when you believed the Word, the power came into your life to change you into what you are right now. And all you did was believe it. Glory to God. Woo! I'm saying some amazing things. I'm I'm praised God. Isn't that right? Whatever you're willing to believe. About the word. The word the word immediately goes to work. So God spoke the word. Jesus spoke the word about his resurrection. He said it over and over again. He said, I'm gonna be betrayed, they're gonna crucify me, they're gonna bury me, but on the third day, I'm gonna come back alive. They said, Give us a sign. He said, You'll get no sign from me except the sign of the prophet Jonah. What was the sign of the prophet Jonah? Preaching repentance and three days and three nights in the belly of the whale. Jesus came preaching repent. Jesus came preaching the kingdom of God and then he was three days and nights in the, in the belly of the earth but the word had already been spoken that on the third day he was going to raise from the dead so on the third day on the basis of the word the Holy Spirit went into hell and raised Jesus from the dead. Hell could not even withstand the power of the word. Could not do it. That's why the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. Because we're founded on the rock of the revealed knowledge of who Christ the Word is. Oh, hallelujah. We won't, but we could go home right there and just say we've had a good time. Amen. Do you understand that? So you got to quit trying so hard to stop things and work the word, and let the word stop it. Amen. Do, do you understand? That's, that's what a lot of people tried to preach in days gone by. We talked about, you know, we talked about the, the extreme grace movement and these different things. Understand what was trying to be said. There are people that went too far, and I understand that. But here's what they were trying to say, the, the men that meant well, was this. You need the ability and the power of God to work. Instead of your works. You understand? Because the Bible says your works are useless. His works are what changes things. Well, where does his works come from? The Word of God. So I got to lay some things aside, but then I got to fill them with the Word of God. Do Do you see this? And what then begins to happen? The word begins to break into pieces, whatever the situation is. The word will eventually overwhelm it. Amen. The word will eventually overwhelm it. It, it just, I'm, I'm telling you. I, I'm telling you, after all these years, number one, of being born again and all these years of pastoring, I'm telling you, the word will overwhelm it. You just stay with it, and the word will overwhelm it. Because that's what the Word does. It overwhelms the enemy. Amen. Amen. Oh, glory. So you got to rely on the Word. You got to rely on the Word. Rely on the Word. I I have to see what I've been made and then rely on it. Think about this. This, this is not just a shouting point, although it might make you shout, but that's fine. But here's the thing. When, when we say, I am the righteousness of God, for many people, not you now, but for many people, that's, just, that's a confession point. That's what they go through. That is what you have been made. And it took the power of the Word to make you that. Amen. So when you read in the Word... If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things pass away, all things become new. He hath become sin for us that knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ. Right? The Word made you that. The power of the Word. And and the Word made you something that you didn't see the evidence of immediately, but yet you were made it. What does that mean? The power of the word is working whether you see it or not. Amen. Right now, the word is working on the circumstance that you've been speaking the word over, and it's overwhelming it. It's putting so much pressure on it that it's about to break. That's the power of the word. Amen. What you're believing for in your body right now, it's changing. And why is it changing? Because the power of the Word is at work. Hallelujah. When does your faith start working? The moment you release it. The moment you let it go. How do I let it go? By speaking what the Word says. By believing the power of the Word of God. Amen and and it's not just in a in a in a confession when when you say it it's it's the power of god goes into operation amen and that's why you can say i'm healed when 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 they when something's at work in your body i'm healed in the name of jesus amen, amen. and what happens the power of god just builds and builds Right now, I could say it this way. The power of God's just spooling in your spirit. And there's going to be a release point. And it's going to release. And when it releases, it'll drive it all out of your life. It's the power of God, the power of the Word. And only the Word has that power. Amen. I have to choose to lay some things aside. I realize that. But the Word empowers and reinforces the choice I made. If I choose to do it, the Word will reinforce it. You choose to believe God. If you don't choose to, you're not. I choose to believe God. Every day you get up and choose to believe God. If the Word's not working on something, it's because we did not choose to believe God about it. Well, the Lord knows what I have need of, and that person died sick. Well, the Lord knows what I have need of, and that person died poor. Well, the Lord knows what I have need of, and none of their kids got saved. Does the Lord know what you have need of? Right? We we quote that scripture, you know, Matthew chapter 6. And it says, therefore, don't take any thought, saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? Wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things the Gentiles seek. Right? One of the writer says, your heavenly Father knows that you have need of all these things. Is that right? Isn't that wonderful that the Lord knows? Oh, the Lord knows. Isn't that wonderful? Oh, but what's the next verse? You seek the kingdom of God. I have something to do seeking the kingdom of God, what am I saying? I believe God. I'm going to seek you because you're the one that will add all those things to me. Yes. Amen. What if that person decides not to seek the kingdom of God and just say, well, brother, the Lord knows. Amen. Yeah, the Lord knows. But just because the Lord knows doesn't mean you're getting anything. I got to reach out and take it by faith. I said, I got to reach out and take it by faith. I got to apply the power of the Word of God. How do you know your children are going to be saved? Because the power of the Word of God is at work right now that says you will be saved and your household. Is that right? It's what it says. You can't ever allow yourself to fall into that complacency Of Well, the Lord knows. I've had people pat my hand. Well, pastor, you know, like the Bible says, the Lord knows that we have need of all things. And I'll just very politely look at him and say, then why'd he tell us to ask? If if what we have need of and he knows we have need of, if it's just going to show up, why'd he say to ask? Why did James say you don't have because you don't ask? Is that right? So you need to go home tonight and ask big. Yes. Amen. You know, Brother Hagan said something one time. He, he has a little mini book called Turning Your Faith Loose, Learning How to Turn Your Faith Loose. And he, he made a statement in that book, and he said, you need, to be, you need to believe God for the impossible, not just the possible. Amen. 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 Now, with God, nothing's impossible. But he said, with men, there are things that look impossible. But with God, with God, with God, with God, with God's Word, with the power of God's Word, nothing's impossible. When you're in presence of the Word, you're in the presence of God. Amen. When you're in the presence of God's Word, you're in God's presence. Because the Word of God is not a book about God. The Word of God contains God. My word contains me. Amen. Because if my word's no good, I'm no good. Right? God's word contains God. And when you speak God's word, it's not something that we're hoping comes to pass. God is involved. And you're speaking his word, and because you're speaking his word and what he said, he comes to bear and backs up what he said, because his word is his bond. Oh, glory. Amen. Look at Romans 12. I'm just hitting some high points. This is so important so important. You're constantly renewing your mind because what begins to happen is when you begin to be a partaker of the Word, the Word contains the nature of God. And as you meditate on the Word and feed on the Word, the Word transforms me into itself. Only the Word is so supernatural that it can transform you into what it says. That's what happened. When you became the righteousness of God, the Word transformed you into that. See, God already did the impossible. There's nothing impossible. Because God already did the impossible. The impossible was saving yourself. Couldn't do it. Well, God did it. And he used his word. And then he says, now I'm giving you my word, and you go change these other little things that are just really easy. Hallelujah. Think about that. You know, when, when children are small... There's nothing that daddy can't move, Amen. right? Because they're here and they're, wow, right? You know, now, now the unfortunate side of it is, is as they get older, they figure out there are things you can't move. Amen. Amen. Your kids right now, they're like, my daddy moved that car. My daddy didn't whoop your daddy too. And daddy's sitting back there going. <laughs> and you pipe up and say, I know I can outrun you. <laughs> Hallelujah. Right? But that that's the what did God, what did Jesus say? He said, you got to become like a little child. If you want to see the power of the kingdom exhibited in your life, you got to become like a little child, which is what? There's nothing impossible. Amen. 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 People limit God because um, if, I, if I said they try to help him, it would, it would not be appropriate. It would not be clear enough. People limit God because they, 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 they try to bring reason into faith. And you can't bring reason into faith because there are times that faith doesn't look reasonable. Amen. I'll have people say, well, I just don't think the Lord would ask me to do that. Okay, then you won't get it. Amen. That's just up to you. You can just reason your way out of it and live your little life of mediocrity with your vanilla ice cream in the freezer and getting up every day and going to make the donuts just existing because you want to be reasonable. Or you can take the word of God and make some waves in your life and change things. Amen. Now listen, I'm a very kind person. But but here, here's here's the mindset. I will take the word of God and change whatever I've got to change. Amen. I, I'm not worried. I'm not worried about how other people are going to feel about it. This is what the Word says. Right? The, The Word says this, and that's what I'm going to have. Oh, glory. And I'm going to take the power of the Word and change it. Amen. Romans 12, 1 and 2 well, let's, let's start in verse 2 just for the sake of time. And do not be conformed to this world, one translation says, any longer, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So notice that transformation does not come any other way than by renewing the mind. And James 1 told us that the way we renew our mind is by receiving the engrafted word. That has the power to save our souls. Amen. Amen. And that renewing indicates present continuous action on the mind. It's present continuous action. My mind is always being renewed to 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 the word of God. Amen. There are people, believers that you know and I know, they know no more about the Word today than they did when they got born again 10 years ago. Because they're not allowing the Word to renew their mind. When you begin to get revelation from the Word is when the Word starts renewing your mind. And then the power of the Word begins to operate in your life. Amen. As the mind is renewed by the Word, it's easy to know And live in God's perfect will. Oh, hallelujah. The mind has to be renewed by constantly receiving the Word. Constantly receiving the Word. Constantly feeding on the Word. And and the Word, not tradition the word. That's important. Because what you read or hear or listen to or watch, it's either the word, tradition, or unbelief. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I don't have time to, to get into different aspects of that, but, but that's the reality of it. You're feeding on the word. We, we always talk about getting to that place in our life. When Leroy Thompson was preaching, and he said somebody ought to jump up and say, I'll never be broke another day in my life. Well, I jumped up and said I'll never be broke another day in my life, but that was after 40 days of feeding on the Word of God concerning that subject. Brother Hagin would always say this. You know what he said? He said, things cost what they've always cost. They cost faith all they cost the only thing your house costs is faith the only thing your car costs is faith the only thing your raise and bonus costs is faith yeah but there's a dollar amount attached to it the only thing that dollar amount needs is your faith is your faith Hallelujah. amen and how's faith come by hearing the word why is faith so powerful it's born of the word your faith contains the power of God, because your faith is created by the Word of God. hallelujah mm. The more you ingest the word, the more like the word you become see that's that's why when 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 uh you, you we teach people and you know we teach on love and you teach on love and you get a lot of hearty chuckles oh, talk on love. <laughs> Right? And you give all these scenarios about somebody cutting you off in traffic and, and you know you're, right? You feel like telling them they're number one. And, you know, people go, oh, and they kind of like, oh. and you and, and you're trying to teach them something. And then you go to 1 Corinthians 13 and you hear an audible groan from the congregation. Oh, boy, here we go. Why do I want you in 1 Corinthians 13? Because if you live in 1 Corinthians 13, 1 Corinthians 13 will turn you into 1 Corinthians 13. Amen. It's just the reality of it. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. I told somebody one time, uh, 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 I was preaching, and I made the statement. I said, in my home, there are no crosswords. None. And this person said, they were talking to me and said, well, you said there's no crosswords in your home. I said, that's right. He said, well, if that's true, and I thought, there's crosswords in his home. He don't think that's possible. What's possible? Well, everybody disagrees. No, beg your pardon, they don't. You mean you and your wife don't ever disagree? No, we don't disagree. Amen. We may have a different opinion, but we're not going to be disagreeable. I'm not going to get out of agreement. Do you realize that? The single most solid basis for your faith you have as a married married couple is your husband or your wife. That's your believing buddy. That's your faith partner. Amen. And you want to stay solid with them. The Bible says if you get into disagreement... Your faith's not working. Well, we just can't seem to agree on nothing. Live in 1 Corinthians 13. Live there. Amen. You'll become agreeable. Because it will turn you into that. You remember Miss Pat was teaching? And she said the Lord told her... To read it that way, you know, read it from the Amplified Bible and and to read, you know, uh, uh, love is patient and then to read Jesus is patient and then to read I am patient. And then she got to the end and she said she had a hard time saying it. I never fail. Amen. What was she saying? What was God trying to get across to her? If you say it that way, it'll turn you into that. So when, when, when I tell people I'm unoffendable, that's not just something I say. That's, that's the reality of it. You can't offend me. Amen. You can't because I, I don't have anything hanging out of my life that you can offend. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Glory. Was it always that way? Oh, heavens, no, 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 heavens, no. Amen. There's a time in my life I'd have had you told, because everybody was a pinhead but me. Amen. You ever been around those people? Somebody will come and ask them a question, and as the person will walk away, and the guy will lean over you and go, "Guy's a Nimrod." I used to have a guy, I had a guy that was working. Remember, we used to have the sound booth in the other room and there was a big hole in the wall. And this guy came and he uh, drywalled that, put that hole and, and fixed it, did a real good job. But that was his favorite word. I'd hear him talking on the phone to somebody and he'd go, That guy's a Nimrod. I thought, What's a Nimrod? Is that like a hemorrhoid? What is that? I, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm not trying to be common. I'm just like, My Lord. What is, you know, and then I looked it up one time. Nimrod is a euphemism for an idiot or a stupid person. I had to look it up. It was real too close for me. I, right? Have you ever had people do that? Guy's an idiot. And answer the person real nice. Oh, wait, you need to do this. That guy's an idiot. He needs to live in 1 Corinthians 13 and it will turn him into that. No, not an idiot, into 1 Corinthians 13. But think about that. That's, that's part of renewing the mind. That's part of the power of the word. That, now, I'm, I'm here, Lord, I'll say that, but th- think about this. When a person has to have their own way, why is that? Because they're selfish. Why are they selfish? Because they're not walking in love. Why are they not walking in love? They've not let the power of God turn them into love. Amen. Amen. I, I need you to understand this, and Lord, I'll say that. When the first thought that comes into your mind is how a situation is going to affect you, you're selfish. Because that's the first thing that comes up. How's that going to affect me? What are they going to think about me? The Bible says that we are putting the other person first. Is that right? Now, how do, I, how do I get there living in 1 Corinthians 13? Love thinks the best of every person. Right? Is that right? Love, love, love doesn't think bad of anybody. Oh, glory. You know why a lot of people are so worked up nowadays? Because they sit around and talk bad about the president and talk bad about the government and talk bad about everybody that's doing anything. Amen. They call the president all kinds of dishonorable names. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Amen. You're talking like the world, and you're going to get what the world gets. Amen. 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 Is that right? You got to be honorable. But I just I don't agree with their policies. You don't, you're not supposed to if they're ungodly, but you have to be honorable. Have you ever read through the scriptures and and read how Paul addressed the dignitaries that he was dealing with in the book of Acts and they had him there on trumped up charges? He was as innocent as the day is long and he'd call him "Oh, Great Felix, Honorable Agrippa. Wasn't anything great or honorable about either one of them. Amen. When, When he was before the council... And he, and, he, and, he, and he made, it, made a statement. The, uh, the high priest slapped him. And Paul says, you whited tomb, God will smite you. And they said, dare you talk to the high priest that way? You know what he did? He apologized. I'm sorry. I didn't know he was the high priest. I would never say that if I knew he was the high priest. And they, they were trumping up charges against him. You remember who wrote 1 Corinthians 13? Him. Who who inspired him to write it? The Holy Ghost. So do you think that reading and applying something in your life that the Holy Ghost inspired would change your life? And ever how good that you're walking in love, you can always get better. I can always get better. You can get to the point where those thoughts don't even come into your mind. Amen. Because let me tell you what a dishonorable thought is. You're you're, you're at home and one of the other parties comes home and they ask you to do something or help them with something and the thought comes, don't they realize what I've done all day? I've been on my feet all day. I haven't had a break all day. That's dishonorable. It's a dishonorable thought. Why? Your spouse, your mate, the love of your life has asked you to help them. Yeah, but you know, Pastor, you know, you know, you know, Pastor, we got to be cognizant of the other person. I I understand that. You know, I got a six-year-old. And I'm her playmate. She doesn't have a brother or sister. Amen. When she wants to go investigate the ants and the bugs and the creepy things, I get to go. I get to go to the park. I get to go swing. I get to go plant the seeds in the raised bed. I don't get to say I've worked hard all day. I don't get to say I just cooked dinner and cleaned the kitchen. I got a six-year-old that walks this way everywhere. Right? You know what I mean? I mean, if you say, Lily, walk over there and get that. She's not like this. She's like... And while she's working on it, she's. <laughs> then she'll say, Daddy, watch my dance. And she, and she hits her tap routine. Dear Lord. I know some things you can't unsee. But. <laughs> and that camera was on. Praise Praise God. Thank you, David. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Now, I'm almost done. <laughs> All right, we're renewing our mind, okay? But, but my point is, my point, I'm, not, I'm not saying that to, to put us on a pedestal. I'm saying you get to the point where you got to understand the Scripture that says you prefer the other person. The Word turns you into that. And, and it's constantly renewing your mind, constantly renewing your mind. And that's how you can live with that person that you're married to 30, 40, 50, 60 years. And when you look at them, you don't really see them any different than you did when you first got married. Because love doesn't, love doesn't let you see the wrinkles or the changes. I'm serious. Amen. Amen. And that's why you can look back and say, I've been married 35, 40 years, and you think, my Lord, it just feels like five years. Mm -hmm. Because it's love. Hmm. I better be done, but let let, let me share this with you. The more you ingest the Word, the more like the Word you become. And here's why. The Word produces more of the Word. The Word is a seed. And the seed produces after its own kind. Already gone. Amen. And that's, and that's why when you read through the word and you read through, for instance, 1 or, uh, Psalm 119, and, and you read the word and it says, I rejoice over your word like one that finds great spoil. And you, and you start declaring that, then you'll get thrilled with the word. Amen. Amen. And you read in the book of Psalm 119, and it says this. It says, I rejoice because you're going to show me marvelous things from your word. And every day before you open the word, you say, Father, I thank you that today you're going to show me marvelous things from your word. Amen. And then what, you open the Bible, and you get marvelous things. And people will say, well, because I said it, because the power of the word produced it. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. Think about that. Amen. So right now, in closing, right now, the Word is working. The power of the Word is overwhelming whatever situation you may have at hand. And the Word is positioning things for victory in your life right now. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. You know, there were things the Lord said to us and things that we've said in this church over the last 25 years that sometimes you would like to pray and say, Lord, just let some of those people come back that said it would never happen just so they can see it happen. Amen. Because the Word, if you're teaching and preaching the Word, it always comes to pass. Amen. Amen. Did you receive anything tonight? Yes, sir. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Well, let's stand up tonight, shall we? I believe.